Father God, pray now that you would speak to us through your word and by your spirit would you come, show us the Lord Jesus and bring us alive in you. Amen. Well, today we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate. This is the Spirit of Truth. And we read about the coming of the Holy Spirit on the followers of Jesus. First of all, the Holy Spirit creates a community, the community of the people of God. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. We tend to think of the coming of the Holy Spirit as something that is uniquely personal. It's about the Spirit of God coming into me. But we forget that Jesus here is talking to his disciples, to his people, to the community gathered around about him. He's talking to his own. Uh, John chapter 13, which is the beginning of all this section, it says that, that Jesus has invited, has called together, gathered with his own. These are the community of the people who love him, of the people who have, of the people who have chosen to trust him. This is the community of the people who have allowed him to wash their feet. And he is saying to them, to the community, if you, and this mortifies me, what I'm about to have to do, uh, Jeff, absolutely mortifies me. I'm, I have to use an Americanism here because there is no equivalent in the English language now. Not if you, but if y'all, if you all, <laughs> if y'all love me, y'all keep my commandments. I'll ask the Father and he'll give y'all another comforter. Was that very impressive, Jeff? Was that? <laughs> Several years ago, we went on holiday on the west coast of Ireland. We stayed in a castle. Well, it, it was a mini castle. It was a fortified tower from about the 1550s. Um, and uh, I mean, it was a real, real fortress. It had a spiral staircase. It had battlements. It had a dungeon, which was very useful when the children started playing up. And the landscape was littered with these fortified towers. They were all over the place. Anyone who was anyone built his tower, stood at the top of his battlements, waved his fist at his neighbour and say, I'm bigger and I'm stronger than you. And don't you dare come to me because I'm going to come to you. Most of us are not in the league of those who build physical fortified towers. But we still often can think of ourselves as a fortified tower standing against other fortified towers. And sometimes, sometimes we can think that the Holy Spirit will come and help us build up the walls of our tower. The Holy Spirit has come to me and he'll make me bigger and stronger. 
But the first thing that the Holy Spirit would do, if we let him, is not to build up our tower, but to dismantle our tower. He will demolish our defences brick by brick. The brick of pride, of self-reliance, of unforgiveness, of jealousy, of self-centeredness. He'll strip them away. But it's okay, because while he has been demolishing our tower, Jesus has been building us a glorious home within the royal palace of the heavenly city. And the walls of this city are impenetrable. They make our little crumbling towers look rather pathetic. And this city shines with a glory and a radiance that is almost unbearable. And we realize that now, living as part of this heavenly city is less about me and my power and my strength and my holiness and my gifts, and more about us. The Holy Spirit is the one who forms and who keeps together the community of the people of God. He takes different individuals, you and me, and calls us out of our towers and forms us into one body so that we become part of each other with a single destiny and a single hope. He gives us different gifts so we can serve each other and build each other up. And through his spirit, he gives his people a common language. Notice how Pentecost is a reversal of the Tower of Babel. He doesn't give us a physical, single physical language, but a common spiritual language. So that even though we might speak English or Russian or Swahili or Vietnamese, we share a language which is so much bigger. The Spirit is among us. He is with us. And not just us gathered here today. The community of the Holy Spirit is a community which extends through space and time. It includes the apostles, the Christian believers who've gone before us and who will come after us. It includes those saints on our icon in our chapel downstairs. They are representatives of the people of God in the first millennium in the British Isles. It includes the men and women of God who have lived in all places at all times. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is the advocate, the helper, the comforter. The Greek word here is parakletos, literally the one who comes alongside us. And that word has been translated in English in different ways. In the Old English Bible, it is translated as comforter. In the Bayo Tapestry, which depicts the 1066 Battle of Hastings, uh, when the Normans came over and, and, conquered, and conquered Britain, there is a scene when Bishop Odo comforts the troops. That's what it says on the text, he comforts the troops. Bishop Odo was William the Conqueror's half-brother, and there were rumours that William was dead. So Bishop Odo feels he needs to rally the troops. And so Bishop Odo is shown he has a helmet, but no armour, because he's a bishop, 
and he picks up a club. Because he's a bishop, he couldn't shed blood, and so he has a club and not a spear or a sword. He can only bludgeon people to death. He can't skewer them to death. And the writing says that as he's there, he comforts the troops. That is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Not making us comfortable. Far from it. Indeed, often the task of the Spirit is to make us feel uncomfortable, is to make us feel uncomfortable when we feel comfortable. His task is to shape our complacency and self-confidence so that we come to put our confidence and our trust in God. And the Holy Spirit encourages us to be bold and strong, to put our trust in the promises of God, to fight against sin and evil and the devil, and to step out in witness and in service and in self-sacrificial love. Paul writes, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. So parakletos can be translated as comforter, but it can also be translated as helper, the one who comes alongside to help us. The Holy Spirit comes to us, and if we let him, he will begin to sort our lives out. We have friends who sadly, like many people, are packing up their flat to leave Moscow. After many years here, they have acquired an awful lot of stuff, and they can only take a small amount back with them. And she was telling us how a friend had recommended a lady who came to help. And this helper has been absolutely invaluable. She was the one who was able to say, as they were going through all the stuff, Is it really important to you? If yes, then take it. No, you don't need the air fryer. You can give that to someone else. Yes, you probably ought to take the husband. (laughs) And as we allow the Holy Spirit, the helper, to work in our lives, he will help us throw out the rubbish and he will work in us to transform us. He sanctifies us. That's the word that Jesus uses later, meaning he makes us holy. He sets us apart. He makes us beautiful on the inside. He fills us with the wonderful fruits of his spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit is the helper who comes alongside us to help us clear out and to show us that which is beautiful. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus says, this is the spirit of truth. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. He helps us to see the truth. He brings the truths of Jesus to our minds and our hearts through the collective memory of the people of God and through our individual memory. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us a desire to know God and to know the things of God. 
It's the Holy Spirit who gives us assurance, who warms our hearts. I recall the story of John Wesley. He writes of the time when he was in a chapel on Aldersgate Street in London. Someone was reading from Martin Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. You might not have thought that was the most gripping of readings. And yet he said, as the person read, I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. And he said that his heart was strangely warmed. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you read a passage of the Bible, when you reflect on a church service, when something that the preacher says speaks to you, not just here, but, but here, when you begin to understand something with a deeper insight, to see, it, it might come with an experience like that of John Wesley with a heart strangely warmed, it might not, but it doesn't matter. But that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to help us to see the truth, to see Jesus. Alison, as some of you may know, has started to do some colour consultancy. I don't even begin to understand it, but it does seem to sort of work. It's like all great ideas, it's very simple. People will sit in front of a mirror and she will put on different coloured drapes on them. And they will look at themselves and see what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes, in fact, more than sometimes, it can be a real revelation for people. Wow, I didn't think orange and pink suited me, but <laughs> it makes me look quite good, or whatever it is. Well, the Holy Spirit helps us to see the world and ourselves in a different way, not with different colored drapes, but if you like, in the light of the love of God the Father and the Lord Jesus, imagine that you're sitting there and you look at yourself in the mirror and you see the Father and the Son standing beside you, with you. Wow, we might say. I didn't realize God could love me. I've rebelled him against him. I've treated him as if he doesn't exist. And you cannot imagine how rubbish I feel or what rubbish I have done to myself or to other people. Yet, he's here, he loves me. And he goes on loving me. And it is the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes so that we can say, I am beloved, I am forgiven, I am invited to become a friend of God. I have a deeper identity and a genuine destiny. My heart can be changed. There is the possibility of a new life. I can be set free from sin. I am part of the family of God. There is a promise of peace and joy. This creation will one day be transformed and there is the hope of being with God forever. That probably won't all happen at the same moment. But it's just that awareness and that knowledge. God is there. He loves me. And he would accept me and receive me. And all I need to do is receive him.
The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth who helps us to see the truth. And finally, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Jesus says to his disciples in our reading, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. We read this verse, we pray for something, and often nothing seems to happen. Life doesn't change. I don't meet the person of my dreams. I don't get a job. The sick person doesn't get better. And so we think, well, is this an empty promise? And we either stop believing, or more to the point, we stop asking. But before we do that, please notice that Jesus does not say, I will do whatever you ask for, but whatever you ask for in my name. And that doesn't simply mean adding in the name of Jesus to the end of our prayer for whatever it is we want. To ask in Jesus' name is to be so in tune with the Lord Jesus that we would ask for the things that he would ask for. We would ask for them when he would ask for them, for the same reason that he would ask them. We ask them as if we were him. And we can only do that if we allow the spirit of the Lord Jesus to come and live in us and to change our way of thinking and of living. Paul writes, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. The Spirit comes to us, lives in us, and cries out to the Father from deep within us. It is in our weakness that the Spirit prays for us, when we have no words and we don't know what to say. In the Bible study um, that we have, someone was saying that we've got to have positive energy when we pray. I'm not sure that I agree. The point about prayer is that it is crying out to God when we have no energy, when we don't know what to ask for, when we are crushed and broken and recognize our weakness. And it is at that moment that we stop trying to pray in our own strength and allow the Holy Spirit who is in us to pray. In a few weeks' time, we are, God willing, on uh, uh, March, on July the 5th, going to have our confirmation service. The Holy Spirit is central in the confirmation service. The candidates reaffirm their faith in Jesus, their love for him, and their desire to live for him and with him. And the bishop will then pray for the candidates that God will fill them with his Holy Spirit, that God will confirm to them that he has given them his Spirit. But we do not need to have a bishop here to ask that God will fill us with the Spirit. We do not actually need to have a confirmation service. We do not need to have even another Pentecost because there was the first Pentecost, because the ascended Jesus has poured out his Spirit on his church, on the people of God, each one of us can pray, Lord Jesus, ask the Father to send us, to send me his Holy Spirit. 
This is a daily prayer we can pray. Asking God to fill us with his spirit. And this is one of those prayers that Jesus has said, if we ask, he will do it. Whether you feel something or don't feel something, by faith he will fill you with his spirit. Shape me, Father God, by your spirit as a member of your people. Help me to grow in holiness. Teach me the truth and help me to pray to know you, Lord Jesus, and to know you, my Father. We praise God today for the gift of his Holy Spirit and we pray that he will fill us with his Spirit. Let's have a moment of quiet.